0: digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So go to squarespace.com stuff right now, and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code STUFF, and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? P.R. No one's drinking a kakadoo smoothie? I'm J.B. Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want
1: without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited to availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details.
2: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you... Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Charles W. Chuck Bryan is in his proper place across from me. That makes this Stuff You Should Know. Let's get physical. Physical. Let me hear your body talk. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? I'm... I couldn't quite do it. You should probably explain that. I put my hand under and into my um underarm and kind of made like a chicken flapping motion to to try to make sound yes to make my body talk Uh, okay i didn't know it i had no idea why you were doing Really, i get it now yeah my hand smells funny now olivia newton john would not approve i was once kicked out of an olivia newton john concert for being too rowdy are you serious yeah (laughs) what
3: yeah I need a little bit more on
0: that. I'll tell you later. Life, straw and wait. I'll tell you another time. No, okay. Wow, Chuck, Josh, you've heard of this body called the United Nations? Some say it's fraudulent. Some say it's official. Did, yeah, of course. Um, you but you are familiar with the yeah? I've been down UN. there. UN, been to that building? Have you really? Oh sure. It was wasn't it like a Mike Brady design that building.
3: Uh yeah, sort of that era. It feels like That's awesome all the flags it's what, nice
0: what were you down there for
3: well i didn't go in i just have been to new
0: york and said oh look there's a u.n building you just shouted at it you know yeah. the of the UN. exactly um we, the, the u.n in my opinion is a legitimate body and i like it because it does things like try to reduce the number of people who don't have ready access to clean water by half by 2015 it's a huge undertaking. Great initiative. But that's something that's going on right now, thanks to the UN. That's mm-hmm. what they can do. That's one of the things they can do is kind of like throw their spare tire about and be like, hey, right. China, let's do something. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And I say that that's a substantial undertaking project because there's about 1.1 billion people as of 2006, I believe, who lacked... Ready access to clean drinking water, right? Yeah, and it's it's hard to imagine here in the developed West where we just waste water at a at a startling degree. Oh, I know. It's so cheap and abundant and plentiful. Yeah, especially in areas like the Southwest or the Southeast, which you know here in Georgia we have like our own um, reservoir. Mm-hmm. The the Chattahoochee River starts in North Georgia, so we have that, and then. South Georgia has this huge aquifer, so we're set for clean drinking water. So it's hard to imagine having to walk twenty kilometers to go get water and bring it back, and that yes. be part of your daily life, uh-huh. you know. But it is, and it's stuff like that that keeps the the developing world undeveloped. Because how can you focus on anything uh, innovative if you have to walk twelve miles to get water every day?
3: Yeah, if you're struggling just to stay alive. What else are you going to get done that day besides meeting the goal of staying alive for yet another day?
0: Staying alive also, you know, again, it's hard to envision. We talked about, um, how, how, how much, uh, food and water, how long can I go without food and water? Right. Yeah. And all that was like we were trying to make it human, but it's, it was tough to conceive. Yeah. Imagine if the water that you did go get when you brought it back to your house, you drank it, and then a couple months later it killed you. Like you died from diarrhea, literally yeah you want a couple of stats yeah please
3: uh, about fifty percent of the world's uh, uh destitute people Josh mm-hmm. suffer from disease because of the water that they cook with and drink and about and this is really startling six thousand people per day die from
0: waterborne illness yeah that could have been prevented i um, six thousand people a day i know That's like that's such a huge figure that it's it becomes like this um uh, this mass. That, that doesn't have any real definition. It's hard to put faces to that, you know?
3: Yeah, think about that tonight when you get a glass mm-hmm. of water from your tap. Just so I can bum everybody out. Yeah. Think about today 6,000 people died because they can't do something as simple as this.
0: Exactly. And, um. Wah. Wah. <laughs> That's so sad trombone, huh? No. Um. And, the way that people do die, it's not necessarily from thirst. It's usually not from thirst because there is water out there. The, the key word here is um, sanitary, clean drinking water. Yeah, exactly. There's water out there, but they're full of all sorts of bacteria and sure. pathogens. Yeah. Apparently, there's about 4 billion cases of diarrhea every year. And I it, account for about 200 of those. This is, that is gross. <laughs> this article um, cites about 1.8 million people. Die every year from diarrhea, and and you, yeah. but you become dehydrated. You do it so often that you become dehydrated so quick. Well, sure, that you die and from if, dehydration well, brought on by yeah. diarrhea.
3: And if you're already malnourished, that's where the problem uh, is. It's not, you know, I could get dehydrated and drink more water. But if you're already malnourished, if you say like have HIV and you're a child, yeah. or even an adult uh, with HIV, I think uh, children. Uh, get diarrhea at a rate of four times that if they have HIV in adults are seven times more likely to get diarrhea if they have HIV in developing nations. A lot of people have HIV.
0: Yeah, about like 95% of HIV cases are yeah. found in developing nations. Right? So
3: couple that all together and you have people dying because right. of something as simple as diarrhea that's just a nuisance to people like us.
0: And we said, yeah, we just go get the amodium But imagine a world where there is no emodium. I don't take Imodium. Yeah. Um, but so, I, so I can imagine that world. <laughs> yeah, weird. Uh, well, anyway, the article cites 1.8 million deaths from, from diarrhea. Um, I would dispute that. I found that Giardia, which is a diarrheal parasite, um, causes 2.5 million deaths alone. And Cryptosporidium, which is also a parasite that uh, brings on diarrhea, causes about 3.5 million deaths worldwide alone. <sighs> So just between those two bugs, it's six million deaths a year from diarrhea, dying of diarrhea. And again, as we're saying, this is all from a a lack of access to clean drinking water, right, Chuck? That's right, Josh. And hopefully there is a
3: solution on the horizon. And about five years ago, someone made great strides in solving this, a guy uh, from...
0: What was his name? His name is Torben Vastergaard Fransen. Yes. He's Swiss. Yes. But he he, sounds uh, Dutch or Danish. Does he? I didn't know the Swiss had names that fancy.
3: The Swiss are going to write in and say, of course we have names that fancy. Yeah. How dare you? Uh, yeah, Josh, he developed something called Lifestraw. And, uh, it's a company based out of Laosang. And. Wait, where? Laosan. I said it like I was from Laos, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Luzanne? Is it (laughs) Luzanne? In uh, 1992, they they basically produced uh, stuff for clothing, but in 1992, they started to make uh, relief products like tents and blankets. Right. About five years after that, they phased out all their conventional textiles to concentrate on relief products, and in 2005 is when uh, Mr. Franzen developed... The live straw, because he was looking
0: at a way to uh, help guinea worm. Right. Do you remember when that uh, speaker from the Carter Center came and talked to us? Yes. Remember that pipe straw that they had? Yeah. So that was the original live straw. It was just this no frills black tube that has a steel mesh filter in it. As big as a Volkswagen. Yeah, and it has <laughs> a string that you, you can, um, that allows you to wear it around your neck. Uh-huh. So you always have it with you. It's yep. not, it's not cumbersome. Um, and then what you do is you just lean into the water and you drink, drink it, use it like a straw. Yeah. Uh, and it filters the water. This specifically, the original, it's still called the personal pipe filter. Um, it originally was designed with the help of the Carter Center, yeah, um, to fight guinea worm. Yeah, we actually mentioned this in that uh, food and water, or was it the parasite? I one? think it was the guinea worm was one of the three gross parasites.
3: Yeah, and I, and I think uh, I had a little sidebar on it too in the uh, food and water article.
0: Let's hear it. Now's the time we talk about guinea worm.
3: Oh, no, no, no. I don't know. I was talking about the Life Straw. Oh, gotcha. We we have previously mentioned this, but we felt like it deserved its own full podcast.
0: Well, it's what gave it's what gave the uh, the Life Straw its birth, I guess in in two thousand five. I guess is when they really came up with this, this personal pipe filter. And like we said, it, it filters out, um, do you remember how to say this, Chuck? Is it Dracunulus? Dracunculus. Dracunculus. <laughs> That's what it is. Dracunculus, <laughs> the guinea worm, right? Uh-huh. The, this, this little SOB gets, um, It goes down in your intestine, lodges, reproduces, and then eventually travels down, usually to your leg. Yeah. Right? And then when it's exposed to water next, once it's ready to come out and it's grown to about a meter in length, Mm -hmm. um, the next time it's exposed to water, this milky substance, it's actually millions of guinea worm larvae Uh go Uh right into the water supply and the whole life cycle is is brought on again and again and again.
3: Yeah. So what happens in these developing nations is people go down to the river to wash their wound or just be in the river. And then everybody, all of a sudden, the river's infected and people are drinking out of it. And that's just one of the diseases. There are many, many.
0: Right. But that's what gave rise to this life straw. The yeah. problem is, is the original personal pipe filter, it, it was large. The the filter was large. So the guy, Torbin, right, Mr. Yeah. Flourish name, went back to the drawing board and created life straw, which is much more, um, I guess, detailed. And and is much more effective at, at removing uh, pathogens and bacteria and parasites. Yeah, and as it
3: as it uh, exists today, the personal life straw is about ten inches long, twenty five centimeters for our uh, friends everywhere else in the world. Uh, about two, I'm sorry, about an inch and in, uh, around. Uh, it's made of plastic, like you said. You wear it around your neck, so you've always got it. Yeah,
0: and it takes about eight minutes to drink a quart of water which you probably shouldn't be drinking a quart of water faster than 8 minutes you're going to give yourself a tummy ache should we walk through how how this one works actually yeah because that's what we do it's ingenious in its simplicity
3: well it is and you know they've I've I've had these with um emergency drinking straws filtration straws in uh, my backpack for years so it's not like it was a brand new idea.
0: No, those, those are all classified as what's called the POU, water purification system's point of use. Yeah, exactly. Right. Look at you.
3: Thanks. Uh, so what happens, obviously, you suck the water through. It goes through a, a filter at first that removes the big stuff, uh, like 100 mud. microns. Well, yeah, that's like mud. Drink mud, nobody. Uh, then there's a polyester filter that gets uh, things much smaller, uh, down to about 15 microns. Which is about
0: a tenth of the diameter of a human hair.
3: Yeah, and that's actually small enough to catch bacteria.
0: Most, most bacteria.
3: So that's really, yeah, that's true. Uh, so that's really small. And then it goes through iodine coated beads, resin beads. And, uh, iodine is a halogen. And I used to put iodine pills in water when I was camping too. So mm-hmm. it has the, the same effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kills parasites, viruses, a lot of bacteria. And they are in a little chamber that, you know, gets the, the most bang for your buck as far as touching the water. Then it goes into an empty chamber and then it passes through the carbon filter, which is the final step. And everyone knows that carbon, um, helps, helps it taste better and right. is very porous and does a good job of, of cleaning things like odors.
0: Right. So especially. You, so you lean down and you drink the water out of any water source. And then when you're done, you blow air through it and that pretty much blurs out, out the, uh, yeah. the, the stuff that you caught and boom filters. And then you, go back to doing whatever you're doing. This could be the end of our show. Eight minutes later, drink after drinking <laughs> yeah. a quart of water. But it gets better. It does. With the LifeStraw family. Yeah. So Chuck, over its lifespan, the the personal um, LifeStraw uh, can filter about 700 quarts of water. So taking that, that's about two quarts a day. Yeah. Um, that lasts for a full year. Right. Okay. So you get your LifeStraw, you use it for a year, you get another one. The family one is much more effective, I think. It's, uh, it filters enough to, to keep a family of five in water for three years before it needs to be replaced. Yeah, it where can the filter, filter goes out. uh,
3: 10 quarts an hour by comparison, which is obviously why they call it the family one.
0: Right. And it does about 18,000 quarts over its lifespan of three years, right?
3: Yeah, and it's kind of similar, right? But it's just larger and it uses gravity and it's got a couple of more parts to it.
0: And you just said the magic word. Like, there are all sorts of water purification systems out there that require things like electricity sure. or a diesel generator right, or right. something that you don't necessarily have. Right. The cool thing about Lifestraw and the Lifestraw family. Um, water filters is that, like you said, it uses gravity. Right. Um, or with the Life straw Personal, it uses suction. Yeah. Um, but with the family version, there's like a bucket at the top that has like that initial filter. Right. And then it goes down through increasingly smaller by micron uh, textile filters. It goes through a halogen chamber that releases a, a low level amount of chlorine. Right. Um, and then it hits the plastic hose. So just e- exiting the bucket, it's already been filtered three times. Yeah. Goes down this hose down to another cartridge, uh, that, that, this is where the ultra filtration takes place. And it's also where it's, um, discharged after that. Um, and the cool thing is, is after you're done, you can squeeze this cleaning bulb three times and basically it back flows all the impurities right. and there's a separate tap to get rid of that. So it, it you clean it very easily. You, you don't need anything extra. It's all self-contained and it uses gravity, no electricity, no anything.
3: Yeah. Brilliant in its simplicity. Just yeah. like it's smaller, buddy.
0: Right. But it also it it saves five people's lives for 3 years rather than one pe- one person's life for a year.
3: Right. And doesn't it have a little spigot at the bottom so you can kind of use it as a as if it were a
0: repository of water. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, too. By the time it gets out of that tap, no matter where it is, it's gone through this filtration process. So, yes, it is a repository. That's that's right. And at the end of this process, my dude friend,
3: you are going to have nothing in there, uh, particle-wise, larger than a droplet of fog. Right. A droplet of fog, and that would be 99.9% of bacteria and viruses, including uh, things like Salmonella and shigella and uh, Enterococcus.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Gene, Eugene, Fodor, Gene, Vlado. We'll
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and business. I understand now. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage
3: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Um, the problem is, is that there are some pretty nasty bugs that are smaller than a droplet of fog, right? Fifteen microns, right? Because we said with the Life Straw, I think both of them, the smallest the the filter goes down to is fifteen microns.
3: Yeah. Um, some nasty ones too, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: remember we talked about cryptosporidium. Yeah, and giardia. Yeah, both of those are smaller than 15 microns, and even worse than that, giardia um is actually resistant to iodine. I know. Which I is, hate you know, giardia. The life straw personal's like big, like the that last death blow is that running it through that those those um halogenized. Resin beads.
3: Right. And actually, we need to point out that's just for the personal, actually. The family one does filter out the Giardia and the Cryptosporidium. Oh, okay. Which is good. But the personal doesn't because that's, you know, it's about as good as they can do for a little 10 inch personal system.
0: Right. It also, um, doesn't filter out heavy metals. Fluoride. So if you don't want to get dumber, you're out of luck. Slayer. What? Megadeth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Thought, okay. Nice. Sorry. It's so bad. You know, what's sad. is it took me a second to figure. I know out what you, were doing. I, you didn't laugh at first, and then I was like, "I just want to crawl under this desk." Um, arsenic. So, if you're in a, if you're in a, if you're a poor person in a developed area right. that has all sorts of factories but no sure. environmental regulations, you're kind of out of luck with LifeStraw personal as well. Well, so and that
3: that comes into effect though in the case of like a, a urban disasters because they they start to send these to places like New Orleans, right? and so in that kind of case you'd be kind of out of luck with the, the fluoride and stuff
0: so there there are some things that that the life straw can't do right <clears throat> um, and as a result there's a lot of people out there who are dedicated to making sure that people get clean water who are saying, like, this is great, this is helpful, but, but yeah. um, at the same time, it's, it's not really solving the problem. So, like, um, in this article, there is a guy named Paul Hetherington. He speaks for WaterAid, which is a British charity. And I think there's a lot of people who agree with him um, that uh, the, the way to really solve the water crisis in the developing world right. is to um, educate people sure. on how to treat their water, how to take care of their water, and then after they understand this, or probably simultaneously is an even better idea, um, give them a clean source of water that's nearby. Dig them a well. Because right. Here, remember, if you're walking to and from water 12 miles a day, you haven't gotten to the point where you're manufacturing heavy equipment that can dig you a well that will supply your village. That comes Clearly. later.
3: Right. Right? So a multi-pronged approach, get get life straw in the hands of these people. Work on the education. That's Chuck's advice, right? I should go to the give UN. them life
0: straw so they can stay alive <laughs> long enough to go to these uh, education classes.
3: Exactly. Right? Obviously, Josh, education and changing an entire culture of uh, water sanitation and hygiene well, is going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. So, in the meantime, get life straw in the hands of these families. And luckily, there are a lot of companies, relief organizations, charities that are getting on board because even though they're only I think like. You get a deal in bulk. You can get them for about 3 bucks a piece if mm-hmm. you're a big organization, but I think they're like $5 just to buy a single one, and that's even too much money for these people. Yeah,
0: that's that's part of the problem. That's another thing. I didn't see any criticism of LifeStraw, the company that manufactures LifeStraw, um, but I got the impression that there's people out there, um, especially NGOs that are dedicated to water, um, that feel like companies that produce relief products right are they're not selling to these to their clients their end users they're sell they're creating these things are selling them in between to people like you and me or rotary clubs or large corporations right so i went on and um there's links on um oh, what is how do you say this companies again Vestergard Franzen. yeah um and it says donate there's like a whole thing where there's links to the rotary club um there's one in Spain there's one in the UK and then there's one in uh the US mm-hmm. they all have different sites and you can donate so in this it was supposed to be 3 bucks i've seen 5 bucks but then where the rubber hits the road on this rotary site it's 650 for a live straw. and then 25
3: for the uh family unit
0: right and ultimately the, it doesn't really matter it's 650 you and i can afford that sure and i think like we should kind of put out something of a challenge to stuff you should know listeners to donate one of these each what do you think don't you think so oh dude if we get like a couple hundred
3: thousand life straws out there Mm -hmm. that'd be awesome okay (laughs) you're looking at me for approval like i'm gonna say no let's not do that yeah i don't want (laughs) to do that today i feel like going back to bed and luckily, uh, Josh, like I said, there are companies getting involved. And I think this was just released today. Uh, the Danes have teamed up with Coca-Cola, our own Atlanta-based Coca-Cola. Right. And Vestergaard-Franzen and a, and a group called Water for All. And they have a deal going. Coca-Cola apparently is the leading uh, bottled water seller in the Nordic regions. It's called uh, Kilde, Kildewald. Is there water that they sell there? You are good at Nordic, uh, I don't Nordic tongues. probably not right. But they have a program called Three Liters of Clean Water, and it's this partnership where they donate three liters of clean water to Africa for every purchase of Coca-Cola's bottled water brand there. Right. And just yesterday, they donated 27,000, uh, life straw, personal life straws, through this
0: partnership. Yeah. To Africa. See, I think here, I never got really I, – I didn't get to finish my point. Vestergaard Franson, right? Uh, they are making this product that yeah. is very helpful. It's literally saving people's lives, yeah. right? Um, I, I think any time you combine capitalism with relief efforts, it it kind of turns my stomach a little bit. I don't mind it. But that seems like when I really step back and think about it, that's such an, a Western elitist view of things, right? because it's like arguing with somebody, like, well, h- why don't you charge a little less? Why don't you donate some of these? And having a disagreement while there's somebody dying at your feet. Right, right, right. You know? Sure. So, I mean, I think it's it, this is one of those cases where it's like, just, let's get these people their stuff, and then we can have this conversation later,
3: you know? Well, yeah, but unless it's a an NGO that has developed this and invented this, then you can't expect this guy to just go broke giving
0: these away. I don't. And
3: I—it's tricky, though. I know what you're saying.
0: It is, and same same with Coca-Cola. It's like awesome, you know. You helped foster this transportation of twenty-five thousand life straws to people who didn't have them, but like by people buying your bottled water to begin
3: with, exactly. Which a lot of
0: people have a problem with buying bottled water in the first place. Exactly. So I think there's problems with it, but ultimately, it's it's very very important not to lose sight of the. That end user of LifeStraw, who's like, please send me one so I don't die. We should also mention
3: too that um, the reason that you know we said that 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 company, the the Franz and Company, quit making their other textile products in 1992 was because they probably found there was a good market for these other things. Like they they also make the Permanet mm-hmm. and Zero Fly, which are these things. I think uh, is it Julia Roberts that's really involved with the netting, the anti malaria netting.
0: It seems like in uh, uh, Angie, uh Angelina Jolie thing to be involved in. She's all about Namibia She's all and it. everything, isn't she?
3: Yeah, but they also do manufacture those two products which which help present uh prevent malaria, not present malaria. That would be a whole different product. <laughs> right, they're sprayed <laughs> with malaria. Come and get it. So they uh also have these uh, care packs for HIV uh positive uh families and you get like a permanent and a life straw and antibiotics condoms, things like that. And some brochures. And brochures to educate you. So they're doing good, and we love it. We're behind it all the way. I don't want you to get the wrong idea from Josh's harsh words, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) Thank you, Chuckers.
2: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the tonne. Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton: The Official Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Jean Eugene Fodor Jean. We'll
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you hide the books, Jean. and have on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man. Uh, a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas.
2: Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on and its high time. You tell me the truth.
1: Freeze, Americano!
2: Huh? Oh! Jean, run!
1: So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination.
3: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Um, They're not the only people creating stuff. Oh, no. And the Rotary Club isn't the only group that you can go through to donate things. Um, again, Carter Center is dedicated to Guinea Worm. They kind of have their eyes on that prize because we're on the brink of eradicating it from the planet, like literally it won't be found on Earth. Once, well, guinea worm? once yeah, Once, yeah. two I think two countries, maybe three, have it left. Um, and That'll only be the second time that's ever happened in the history yeah. of the world. What was the first one? Isn't it polio? Yes, Josh, I think
3: it was polio, because mm-hmm. this is the first parasitic disease, second disease overall.
0: So the Carter Center really wants to get rid of this. So you can donate to the Carter Center at cartercenter.org slash health slash guinea underscore worm. And that will take you to their little mini site. You can do all sorts of donating there. You can go to VesterGardFransen.com. I'm going to go ahead and spell that one for you, okay? Yeah. V-E-S-T-E-R-G-A-A-R-D hyphen F-R-A-N-D-S-E-N.com and then slash donate. That's going to take you to all these koana sites. Um, and then there's a group called ProjectHDesign.org. Yeah. So in this article, it's cited that they're... Um, Passing out life straws to people in India. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that anywhere. It's not just in Africa. I mean, this is happening
3: all over the world, but Africa is obviously a big, uh, ground zero for waterborne illness. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, and India is developing as that country is. I think a significant portion of people in that nation, uh, 16 million residents, which is surprisingly, that's, oh, 25% of New Delhi's oh. 16 million residents. Okay. Uh, don't have access to clean drinking water. Um, so yeah, it's not just in Africa. Uh, I didn't see Project H Designs water or Life straw project, but they did have something called a hippo roller. What's that? It's, you know what a sod roller is? Yeah. It's like a big drum mm-hmm. with like a, uh, I guess a handles attached. Yeah, yeah. Like a lawnmower handle. Uh-huh. It's this, but the drum in this case is plastic. And you take it to your water source, fill it up, up to 25 gallons, and just roll it back home. So you don't have to have the big thing, vase on your head? No. And it's huge. Um, most of the time, apparently, people can haul five to six gallons at a time. This allows them to basically make five trips in once. Wow. Those are a hundred bucks. Um, and you can go on to projecthdesign.org, um, and find out about donating to that. And they have a bunch of different cool ones, cool projects that they're funding. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: And here's my final call, Josh. I would encourage people to try and conserve water on their own. It's not like the water that you conserve in your house in uh Peoria is going to go to be bottled up and shipped to Africa. Right. But we went through our drought here in Atlanta last summer and we had all kinds of water restrictions and Emily and I really got used to the idea of, you know, water <laughs> is a limited resource yeah. and you shouldn't just waste it and we really gotten that that you know we're not like using our bath water to do our dishes but uh we collect our water from our AC unit and water our plants and we oh, like great. I never pour water out like that I'm drinking that's gotten you know tepid mm-hmm. I always like pour it in a plant and just try and reuse what I can yeah So I would encourage people to do that.
0: I always pour it on myself in a sexy manner. Get my T-shirt wet. That's what I do with it. And that's not wasteful at all. (laughs) That's well worth it. (laughs) So we'll see what happens after um, the uh, giant nations of the world are drawn into World War III in the Balkans over water conflicts in 2024. Until then, we'll keep podcasting, right? I hope so. And if you want to learn more about LifeStraw, I strongly recommend you guys go type that word, L-I-F-E-S-T-R-A-W, into the swing and search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And Chuck, now it is time for Listener Mail. Josh, I'm going to call this a couple of
3: emails about uh, Modafinil. Okay. Remember we talked about that in Is Science Phasing Out Sleep? I do.
0: I like that one. You want to give a quick rundown on what what that product what that product is? Modafinil is a uh, non-stimulant, um, oh, I guess drug of arousal that people that was originally designed for narcoleptics, and suddenly people who don't like to sleep and like to get things done for forty eight hours at a stretch without feeling tired started taking. That's right.
3: So, we got one from uh, a neurobiology um, major. Mm -hmm. Is that what he is? A neuroscience major. And he's Dave, a.k.a. the professor. And he is this to say, guys, I'm writing in as a a neuroscientist, and you're probably scared that I'm writing you with a pocket-protected complaint about the number of times you incorrectly said monofidil instead of modafinil. (laughs) Seven, he points out. Really? Yeah, we got it backwards, which is not unlike us. Uh, but fear not, guys. i come in peace. I'm a PhD student from Toronto, Canada, <laughs> but studying neurobiology of cocaine addiction. Uh, I'm familiar with modafinil because it has regu- uh, recently undergone clinical trials for use as a treatment for cocaine addiction. Uh, it is thought that modafinil could work for cocaine dependence the same way methadone works for heroin as a maintenance treatment, but the results are inconclusive right now. Uh, a word of caution, too, just because a drug like modafinil doesn't directly impact dopamine systems in the brain doesn't mean it can't have rewarding and addictive pro- uh, effects. Did you ever think of that? I did. Any drug that can keep you up all night so you can be twice as productive has a potential to be addictive because productivity itself can be extremely rewarding. Uh, I never really thought about that. That is great. So it's like indirectly addictive then. Yeah. Lastly, at the risk of being too technical, more and more evidence is suggesting that glutamate and GABA, G-A-B-A, the neurotransmitters directly impacted by modafinil, play an important role in addiction, perhaps even more so than dopamine. Crazy. In fact, by altering dopamine levels, drugs like cocaine make long-term changes in uh, glutamate and GABA circuits in the brain, and these changes are thought to underlie addictive behavior.
0: You say cocaine exactly like Glenn Frey. It's chilling. (laughs) Cocaine? Yeah. See?
3: Uh, Thanks a lot, guys. I swear on my modafinil that I won't sleep until I see a podcast on addiction.
0: Man, that is so crazy. He's like the fifth person in a week to say... To predict
3: upcoming podcasts. Yes.
0: Or that would have already come out by now. That's right. Yeah. That
3: was from Dave, the professor. And then we had another note from Andrew. He said... An angry note. I just listened to your... No, you weren't too angry. I I just listened to your podcast on phasing out sleep. I was a little bothered by your one-sided bashing of modafinil. Yeah, a little bothered. That's angry. You focused on people who abuse modafinil by using it to avoid sleep. I've been using it for my sleep apnea for three years and has greatly improved my quality of life. Uh, Prior to this, I would sleep eight hours a night and still be tired all day. Now I sleep eight hours a night, feel awake and alert the rest of the day. Ethical doctors aren't prescribing uh, this to allow patients to avoid sleeping. They prescribe it to patients who have a medical condition, which caused them to be tired despite having had enough
0: sleep. And he says, I still love the show. So he
3: wasn't really angry.
0: Signed the chairman of the maker of Modafinil. (laughs) (laughs) Monafidil. I mean, Dan. Andrew. Yes. See, you got it wrong. That's right. If you have a correction, specifically if you're a neurobiologist, we love hearing from experts. Uh, We should keep his email address, too. Okay, let's do it. In case we have questions. And, and, don't forget, we're all starting the push now to um, donate life straws. Right, Chuck? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to figure this out. We'll we'll look for more information soon. In the meantime, if you want to donate a life straw, knock yourself out. Agreed. Uh, If you are an expert in your field and you think that what you have to say would interest us, we want to know. Yes, we do. Send us an email at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com.
2: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. The howstuffworks.com iPhone app is coming soon. Get access to our content in a new way. Articles, videos, and more all on the go. Check out the latest podcasts and blog posts and see what we're saying on Facebook and Twitter. Coming soon to iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? A new season of Bridgerton is here.